this weekend at the box office. The movies were the same, so let's spend the next hour and a half talking about how our tournament is called Multiplex Madness, and the film that kicks off the summer movie season next week is called Multiverse of Madness. Hmm... We'll also be discussing the battle between the two most ill-advised animated films of the modern era, a fight between one of the most notorious cinematic disasters of all time and one of the only films to hold a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the finale of the Elite Eight and a Half on this, the 197th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. And Brian, I'm going to need you to uh, kind of solo this for a little bit. I'm going to get on the phone with our lawyers and have them get in touch with Kevin uh, and see what's up there. Because I think you're onto something. I do think the Marvel machine... It is strange indeed. Yeah. Strange as can be. How we come up with a title and all of a sudden. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Doctor Strange was not in the multiplex of madness. But uh, he might be if this movie does well in the future. Sure. But I just, I don't like that kind of pandering either. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to have to make sure... I watch what I say when I'm hanging out with Sam Raimi because it's possible that I had one too many and I let this slip. And I just, I'll, you know, I don't know that that's the case, but it, since, since it might be, I'll, you know, mea culpa. Sure. We have a tournament. We do. Let's get to it. I love it. We're finishing the Elite Eight and a Half. Well, no, we're finalizing the Elite Eight and a Half. Indeed. Finishing the Sweet Sixteen Candles. Yes. I said it wrong in my intro because I read it and it was written wrong. And so I just thought, oh, well, it said, the, my intro says, will finale finalize is what that was supposed yeah. to be. No Z. Anyway. It's crucial Z. All right. Uh, multiplex Sadness. Here we go. We're looking for the biggest flop of the 21st century. We're doing the Lawrence of Arabia Conference, the right side of the, the, the bracket. And we have some heavy hitters. That we're discussing here. Yeah. We are determining, we're, we're announcing winners. We're determining the biggest family flop, the biggest action flop, the biggest star-driven flop, and the biggest franchise-ending flop of the 21st century. A lot of big movies. Let's get right into it. The Hayao Miyazaki division. These are, of course, the family films with your contenders. The one-seed Mars Needs Moms. With the three-seed Playmobil the movie. Mars Needs Moms was released March 11th, 2011. Opening weekend of $7 million. Budget of 150 Final gross, 21 domestic, 39 worldwide. Playmobil the movie was released December 6, 2019. Opening weekend here in the States was $600,000. Budget of 72 and made a million here and 16 worldwide. So we have five categories. Bigger profit relative to budget, or in this case, the smaller one will get the point. Quality of movie, the worst film will get the point. Easy road to success. The film that was the best positioned to succeed gets the point, because obviously it did not succeed. Further from success, 
which is going to be the movie that we would need to change the most about in order for it to succeed. That gets the point. And then finally, the film's legacy. And that could be determined as what kind of legacy? A negative legacy, as in, I don't know, Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Um, or does it have no legacy at all? Or does it have a positive legacy now? Which I can't really think. What's a movie in this tournament that had one of those? Um, Is there any? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think. I can only think of the... Uh, the terrible contenders we have in front of us, and probably none of those have really aged that well. I mean, people like Hugo. It's yeah, just a well-considered Yeah, that's a good movie. one. Hugo's legacy is just... Po- it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. Positive legacy. So that one wouldn't get the point. All right. Our first category. Bigger profit relative to budget. Marzine's Moms had a budget of $150 million. It grossed 39 That's profit of 26 While seemingly an insurmountable percentage. It's very small. But Playmobil the movie had a budget of 72 and it grossed 16, profit of 22.7.1 goes to Playmobil the movie. Quality of movie. This is easily Marcy's mom's gets this point. As the worst film? Yes, yes I agree. It gets the point. Yes. Uh yes, correct. Uh Playmobil is like serviceable for chill like it's just like it's like whatever it's yeah, not it's not for me but it's not offending me right i i agree with that completely whereas mars needs moms is uh, offensive to everybody yeah is like a movie that's ostensibly aimed at the same demographic of like six-year-olds yeah but is kind of made for 14 year olds both deal with dead parents yes wow isn't that interesting i uh, yeah, those kids, those kids gotta grow up sometime. I guess. I, uh, but yeah, Marcy's mom's is worse, and we are all tied up at one-one there. All right. Um, easier road to success. Marcy's mom's opened at number five against Battle Los Angeles' first weekend. Right, Rango, 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 Rango was in its second weekend at number two, and Red Riding Hood was number three in its debut. In the follow-up frame, Marzine's Moms dropped to 8th place. It dropped 23%. Robert Zemeckis produced the film. He directed The Polar Express, Beowulf, and A Christmas Carol to varying degrees of success using the same animation type. 37 on Rotten Tomatoes, 49 on Metacritic. Playmobil opened at number 14 against Frozen 2's third weekend. Knives Out's second weekend. Uh, number 25 in its second weekend, it dropped a disastrous 78%. It's based on the German building toy, mainly made for overseas audiences. 18 on Rotten Tomatoes, 25 on Metacritic. <clears throat> Easier road to success. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot in this tournament about how Playmobil is only kind of technically a movie. It was uh, it was produced. released. It was released overseas, produced by overseas company. Yeah, they put it out domestically. Really, just no footprint to say here. That they did. STX bought it. It wasn't even like made. Pretty sure it wasn't even made by an American student. STX, I think, bought the rights to it. Yeah, I. So this was a movie that was never going to succeed. Uh, sure. Really, at least by the parameters of this tournament. But that's not the. Fu- Were you about to give the point to Playmobil? No, not or to no. Marcy's mom. I, I I I think Marcy's mom has a strong case here. It does. I just feel like it's such a weird thing because Playmobil in no way was set up for any kind of success here. Right. <laughs> there was no marketing push. So I guess that's the nature of the category. Yeah, they just it's. It's tough for Playmobil that they just didn't try to make it succeed. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, Marcy's mom's had hurdles of its own. That's a huge budget. Not huge, but that's a big budget. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it was it was a real movie that they tried to tried to make. I agree. And it was, it was positioned as the big... Disney was arguably hoping that it would be the big Disney movie that month. Yeah. It's like the same slot. Not really, but around the same slot where they like to release animated movies. Utopia was released uh, in March onward. Something yeah. like that. Unfortunately, Turn, Ringo turning hit. red. Yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> whoops. I uh, so yeah. I uh, I think I am giving the point to Marsney's moms here. Yeah, I will do. All right. Then we go further from. Um. Well, you got the budget and the cast of Marsney's moms. Playmobil has a de- has a pretty has a slightly bigger budget than I would give it. Uh huh. But a decent enough voice cast. You know, you got Daniel Radcliffe as like the super spy. Anya Taylor Joy is hot right now, even though she's not a box office draw. Sure, she's still a name. Yeah, people uh, like Jim Gaffigan. Sure, uh, it's got like Megan uh, Trainer, Me- Megan the Trainer. I think yeah. is what she's called now. <laughs> Two E's. Uh, um, yeah, so Adam like Lambert. None, yeah, none of these are people that are going to put butts in seats, but they're all. More than Seth Green and Joan Cusack. Yeah, exactly. They they are all sort of <laughs> gestures towards what if our cast was interesting. And Zemeckis holds weight, but with older moviegoers, not yes. with children. I mean, he did the, the Polar Express and A Christmas Carol, but kids don't know that was the same person. Right. They don't care. Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you're trying to get, like, Back to the Future audiences right. so into Marsney's Moms, it's not going to work. If Playmobil had a marketing push and was released in like January of some year, a dead uh-huh. zone. It, it could open to 15. Sure. And be like, fine, you know, and do its overseas business. Mars needs moms needs to get to get a cast. Uh, it's release date is decent. I mean, Ringo is like an adult. It is close to an animated movie, but that's like, even, even though I'm pretty sure Ringo's made by Nickelodeon. That sounds right. Adult movie and kids did see it. Oh, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but, uh, um, it needs a much lower budget and some star power. Yeah. So this is tricky. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually think if you, it depends on how you weigh, uh, Playmobil not being pushed because like how, how big of a thing is that? Cause really that's kind of all I think it needs to succeed enough to not be here i think it needs to to move I, it's frozen in its third weekend oh yeah i, I it, guess it needs to move release dates as well i guess i guess that's true but I that, guess that's it it, it, it did need, technically have one it's not terrible uh-huh even though it's metacritic and i don't know what doing the 25 marzi's mom's is a 49 yeah. what i i don't know that's what that is inexplicable to me maybe people objected to the uh like overt commercialization of it. Yeah. And it also might not have been seen by as many critics. So sure. it just kind of, I critics had to seek it out and give it a bad rating. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's gotta be like the, each of these needs two things. And again, we're putting aside script, right? Each of these needs two things. Mars needs moms. Good. I no, you, you, you finish your list first and then I'll uh, Mars needs moms needs a, a cast. And a lower budget. And we're almost a new release date, but let's leave it aside. Playmobil needs a new release date and a marketing push. And two of those things are bigger 
Well, one of the yeah, two of the, the 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 budget and the stars are a bigger deal than the other one, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I also think for Mars and his moms, you know, you you say we uh, we put aside just the script, and that is ostensibly true. But when there's the thematic elements, yeah, when Mars there's when there's a more particular thing we can pinpoint that we think really impacted the movie's success. Marcy's mom just needs a better tone, yeah. I think is fair to say. It's weird how serious it is yeah. for a movie for very small people. Yeah. I and I don't think that was ever gonna work. So yeah, I I think I'm leaning Mars Needs Moms here for further from uh, I am as well success. And that is going to give it the victory. Wow. It wins over, I mean, a pretty low amount of competition. If we're looking at the original eight on here. Yeah. Um, th- this, this is the right answer, I think, to come out of the family film division. It's a notorious flop that looks weird, creep people out, and has a downer. Not downer ending, but the movie's a downer. Yes. It's notorious. It's got to go on. All right. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think it's good. Like Playmobil made it far, but like isn't a real movie. No, so not. I'm, I'm glad ultimately it's not representing the I'm division. Glad. All right, here we go. Let's see what it's gonna face. In two, are we splitting Elite Eight into two? Uh, no, no. no All right, so Elite just, just, just next week. Yeah. Okay. The ones. This is from the Tony Scott division. The action films that flopped. Your final two contenders, the one seed Jack the Giant Slayer against the three seed Catwoman. Jack the Giant Slayer was released March 1st, 2013. Opening weekend, $27 million, a budget of 195 Final gross, 65 domestic and 197 worldwide. Catwoman was released July 23rd, 2004. Opening weekend, $16 million, a budget of 100 Final gross, 40 domestic, 82 worldwide. Jack the Giant Slayer cost one ninety five. It grossed one ninety seven. Profit of one hundred one. And Catwoman cost hundred. It grossed eighty two worldwide. Profit of eighty two point one goes to Catwoman. It does. Point two though. Quality of movie. Yes. Also uh, goes to Catwoman. Catwoman is notoriously horrible. Uh, and lives up to that reputation. And there's a cool fully. Movie, there's a cool movie in Jack the Giant Slayer that they just didn't make. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's a quick uh, up two zero for Catwoman. All right. Let's see. Easier road to success. Jack the Giant Slayer opened at number one against Identity Thief in its fourth weekend and 21 and over in its first. It dropped to number two in its second, 64% drop. Directed by Brian Singer, who's a piece of shit. His last big blockbuster before this was Superman Returns seven years earlier. And, um, yeah, then because then he went back to X-Men after this. Okay, yeah. great. I was doing that math in my head. He also directed the first two X-Men movies. Uh, 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, 51 on Metacritic. Catwoman. Does Catwoman have a higher Metacritic score than Playmobil the movie? I uh, Hold, please. Do you still have that up or no? I will have it up again All right, in I'll, I'll, I'll run through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catwoman opened at number three against The Bourne Supremacy in its first weekend. iRobot in its second and Spider-Man 2 in its fourth. It dropped to number six the next week. 61% drop based on the popular Batman character. Starring Oscar winner Halle Berry three years after she won for Monsters Ball and two years after her buzzy role as Jinx in Die Another Day. It was a year after X2, directed by Brian Singer, who piece is... Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Uh, which was critically acclaimed and commercially successful, and Gothica made okay money that year as well. 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, 27 on Metacritic, which is... 
higher than Playmobil's that's, 25. That's so insane to me. I know. That's <laughs> that's that's crazy it has a 27. You know, that's wild, too. People talk about, like, you know, you get you get into your film Twitter types, and they're like, well, Rotten Tomatoes isn't actually a measure of quality, but right. Metacritic, Metacritic is, like... That is a score, a weighted like score. Mimicking me is what I. This is kind of my my argument. I mean, it's like it's supposed to be true, mm-hmm. uh, but I think a big issue. I, I also think it's fair to describe both you and me as film Twitter types. I, uh, but clearly it's irrevo- irrevocably broken. I mean, a big issue is like we hold these critical ratings weighted against each other, but a majority of the reviews were just from a different time by different critics. It's yeah. really, you know what I mean. So like. In 2004, it's possible that Catwoman, you know, people were giving it some slack. I don't know what was going on. Yeah, it's right? possible that we were dumber back then and we're smarter now. So true. Uh, yes, All that's right. crazy, though. So, easier road to success. We've... Uh, this is... T- I, it's it's got to be Catwoman, right? Cat, Catwoman has a very strong case. It's got the classic pairing of, like, a hot movie star with a popular character. Sure. I... And a good budget. What is it? A hundred. Hundred. It's a good budget. Yeah, that's you know, it's a it's a superhero movie. Not a very like effects heavy superhero movie. No, I don't so. know where the budget went. It, well, I mean, there's a lot of visual effects in her like walking on buildings. Yeah, and shit. sure. But uh, when you say it's a hundred million, you're like, oh, cool. I bet the action scenes are good. There's not really that many action scenes. No, I. Whereas Jack the Giant Slayer, I uh, has a lot of the, effects. A lot of effects and an enormous budget. Yeah. To boot, I uh, even but like just like Brian Singer is not like a butts in your seat director. Even when he was doing, you know, whatever it's called, the X the X Men movies. Yeah. But he, him and Tom Cruise couldn't help Valkyrie do really anything. Valkyrie made okay money. Yeah, but. I I'd say that being a piece of shit aside, Brian Singer is a demonstrated director who can more than Pitoff. Uh. Yeah, probably more than people who can who can shepherd a big budget thing to find success. The sure. X Men movies have never been huge hits, but uh, a few aside, one of which we might talk about later, they all mostly do pretty okay. <laughs> uh, but I I don't know. It's just I just feel it like does seem like it's kind of got to be Catwoman. Catwoman's being put. We talked about this, and we'll talk about this in a second as well. Unless Catwoman just gets this and sweeps. We talked about this two weeks ago with the where it's being released in the middle of uh, the same weekend as the Born Supremacy, a week after iRobot, and four weeks after Spider-Man Two. And my counter was, it's crowded, yeah, but it is like the female-centric one, which makes it stand out. Um, so that is a point to ding it if you want, as far as easier road to success, because yeah. you're you're. It's getting pummeled by action film money already being spent. We're also we're also not like Jack opened with nothing against it. Yeah, we're not yet in two thousand four in the like superhero movie super drive. Mm-hmm. Like you know, obviously Spider Man two is has Enormous. just recently come out, so that's a that's a huge thing. We yeah. can all see kind of where the winds are shifting. And Jason Bourne's basically a superhero. Yeah, I. Uh, but it's it's not it's not like it is today where it's like oh any yeah any big superhero property is going to be treated as a huge deal. No, for sure. I think Electra came out the next year. You know, The Punisher was this year. I think two thousand four. So yeah. there were plenty of people were throwing every superhero they could out there, 
and not all of them hit at all. So there is that. I just I, I just think that it's her first role, or not her first role, but her most high profile solo role after winning the Oscar. Um, it's just such a good. It's such a good parent. It really is. And also, let me let me ask you this, and I have my own answer. And Nicholas you... Holt as Jack for the Beanstalk is also a great pairing. Yeah. No one's denying that. Just four years before The Favorite? Come on. <laughs> uh, when you think of Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk, mm-hmm. uh, do you think He's like... A child. Yes. In my mind. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. But that, that kind of goes to my point. Do you think like folk hero or do you think like nursery rhyme character? Nursery rhyme character. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if they tried to make it as if it was like a Robin Hood thing. Oh, yeah. Like this sure. sort of this sort of classical character passed down through time. And now he's he an action really hero fight that gets the girl at all. Hugh McGregor does, right? Yeah. I mean, he fights some giants. Does he like physically? Oh, he does stab yeah. a giant in the yeah. back. I, You're right. But still, I I do I think that generally Jack and the Beanstalk is perceived as like a kid story, yeah. And you, that's a, just a tough hurdle to get over when you're trying to make a big mainstream action blockbuster. I think we're just kind of talking for a little while, so Catwoman doesn't just get the quick sweep. But it's got to be Catwoman. It, you know, it's not like people are saying like finally we get to see the live action Jack and the Beanstalk. Exactly. Movie. Who gives a shit? But Who gives people a are shit? like, finally, Catwoman's getting her own movie, and she's played by Halle Berry? Yeah. I Cha-ching. just I so badly want to be in the meetings with these people when they stand up, and they're like, we're going to make a Jack and the Beanstalk movie, and it's going to cost $200 million. I want to raise my hand and ask, excuse me, sirs, who gives a shit? <laughs> Name me one person that gives a shit about this. You would be on... Uh... You'd be on the street corner just like shouting like, I told them not to be like homeless, just going, yeah. I told them I was the one who said, don't make Jack the Giant Slayer. Because you'd, be, you'd, no. be, you'd be fired and be like, you'd never work in this town again. Yeah, sure. So you would just be running around going, I said $200 million for Tomorrowland. But Clooney's be... never headlined a solo blockbuster, I said. I'd be doing them a service. Yeah, exactly. Um, Catwoman moves on. It does. The three seed defeats the one seed, and it'll take on in a crazy matchup. Mars needs moms next week. Yeah. Wow. Two Titans. All right. The next division. Oh boy. Nora Ephron. Star. (laughs) You want to say this the last? Uh, No, let's do it. Star crashed vehicles. The films that uh, rested on the on the laurels and on the backs of their big stars to make money, and it didn't happen. We have two of our biggest contenders here. Two heavyweights. Heavyweights did not make the list, although it did bomb. Um, Fun movie, though. Came out in the 20th century. That's the problem. Yeah. All right. The one-seed Battlefield Earth against the two-seed Ballistic X versus Sever. Battlefield Earth came out May 12th, 2000. Opening weekend, $11 million. Budget of 80. Final gross, 21 domestic and 29 worldwide. Ballistic X vs. Sever was released September 20th, 2002. Opening weekend, $7 million. Budget of 70. Final gross, 14 domestic, 20 worldwide. Battlefield Earth had a budget of 80. It grossed 29. Profit of 37. Ballistic X vs. Sever had a budget of 70. It grossed 20 worldwide. Profit of 28.79.1 goes to Ballistic X vs. Sever. 
Now the hardest question will be asked. Yes. This is, uh, you know, a few weeks ago we did Pluto Nash v. Geely. And it really seemed like the tournament might have just peaked there. <laughs> no, it's uh, definitely but, here. But no, it is... The two Bs. All right. So this is a... a this is an issue that's come up uh, before. Uh, I think this kind of goes goes straight at a question that we've already addressed. Uh, the two Bs. Both of these movies... Trying to be BBB. Are uh, catastrophically bad. Trying to be a blockbuster butt bombed yes oh there you go what's the extra b for <laughs> it's a typo i so yeah both of these movies are you you would agree obviously they are incredibly bad yeah. just staggeringly bad yeah i think that uh battlefield earth is bad in a way that tried to be interesting and wasn't sure and ballistic is bad in lazy. a way that's tremendously boring lazy just like inexplicably boring for a movie that's always shooting guns. I well, it's called ballistic. It is good point. X versus ever <laughs> the two classics. They don't fight very often. They don't really fight each other. No, uh, it's more of a meeting of the minds. I'm checking what I gave each of these on. Nope, the same reading. I okay. Yeah, I same reading. I have my answer though. I have mine as well. I and I I suspect we're gonna diverge here. Yeah, we are. I uh, my answer is Battlefield Earth. Is the worst one? Is the worst movie. Mine's ballistic. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you why. Um it was mind numbingly boring, whereas Battlefield Earth made me angry a lot of the time. Like just I had like more visceral negative reactions to that. Yeah. And I can even thinking about now, even though we watched Battlefield Earth first, I can remember specific things in that that were so bad. And then in Ballistic, I can remember like two things, like the ending song and them shooting everybody all the time. And then my mind kind of goes fuzzy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really remember much else about it. Whereas the other one, I'm like, I can name you 20 things that are garbage. Doesn't that, that indicate so that that's worse then? No, because I can I remember more things that are worse about Battlefield Earth than I do about Ballistic X versus Seven. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so oh, Battlefield Earth is worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I you... like Ballistic X versus Seven more. Okay, so we agree then. I guess. <laughs> no. Yeah. I. I uh... Yes, we are. We are both voting for Battlefield Earth as the worst movie. Uh, and I agree with you. I think that if you sit down and watch these movies back to back, if you survive to tell the tale, uh, <laughs> you will probably have a better time watching Battlefield Earth. Oh, a thousand percent. John Travolta's doing a silly voice and, and he like, calls people crap bags and or they, whatever. And they have the same rules as these aliens yeah. are going like, and, I'll call HR. What about my health insurance? No pension. I'm like, what do you, why do these things exist on your planet? And those things are silly, whereas ba ballistic <laughs> is not silly. When the guy got shot across <laughs> the room like three times in a row. Yeah. I, <laughs> and they learn to fly planes and like a, like these like <laughs> centuries old aircraft that like don't have fuel anymore. Oh, it's so bad. It he's certainly got, is. He's got big fingers. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I just I just want to say all of that is true. It does not mean that Battlefield Earth is 
better. It is no worse, just funnier. Yeah. I, right. What's the score now? So we're tied up at one. Okay, Battlefield Earth opened at number two against Gladiator in its second weekend, and U five seven one in its fourth. It dropped to number six in its second weekend, dropping sixty six percent. Based on the book by L. Ron Hubbard, there was Scientology involvement controversy, whether the church was involved in the making of it. Uh, starring John Travolta, three years after Face Off and a year after The General's Daughter made 102 domestic, although that had a big budget also. 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, 9 on Metacritic. That's what I'm talking about. Open to, no- <laughs> open to number 4, uh, Ballistic X vs. Sever did, against Barbershop, which was in its second weekend. And the Banger Sisters in its first, it dropped to number eight the following frame, 61% drop, starred Antonio Banderas four years after his last leading blockbuster role in the hit Mask of Zorro, which made 94 domestic, and a year after Spy Kids hit big, and Original Sin did not. Very sexy Original Sin, though. I believe you. As an, as an 11-year-old, I was very aware of Original Sin. <laughs> Um, also starred Lucy Liu two years after Charlie's Angels hit it big. She was also on Alan McBeal in the 90s, which was popular. Sure. All right. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the... You know what it is? It, there's like 25 movies or so, 30 that have that. Yeah. This has the most reviews by a mile. Okay. Which means it's more, this it's is more distinct. This the worst movie in Rotten Tomatoes history. Right. Because the more reviews you get, the more likely you are to get a positive one. Sure. This has like 127 reviews. And the ones below it have like 80 and then like 50 and then we get down to lower than that. 19 on Metacritic. It's funny that Metacritic thinks it's better, but 3% of critics would say you should go see Battlefield Earth. Interesting. All right. Easy road to success. Battlefield? I just feel like... What's the... Here's... Budget's the same. Here's my case for Ballistic. Okay. I think it has... It's having an easier road. Yes, it's having an easier road than Battlefield Earth, even though I think we can concede up front that Battlefield Earth has the biggest star mm-hmm. in John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, Ballistic, I think, is a, a more approachable movie to more people. It's just action. Uh, whereas Battlefield Earth is a sort of... A the- theoretically... Like a heady sci-fi allegory, uh, which I think is, you know, I mean, obviously there have been many huge sci-fi hits, uh, but I think is a bigger barrier to entry for people. Also, Battlefield Earth has John Travolta, but it stars Barry Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not good. (laughs) Okay. So, whereas Ballistic, uh, you know, neither Banderas nor Lou are Travolta levels of star. Sure. But they both have some uh, acclaim to their name at this point. Let me let me throw out something to you. Sure. One is positioned as a summer blockbuster. And the other is just a generic action picture released in September. Okay. And yet... Accounting inflation, less than $10 million difference in budget. So one is positioned to make a lot of money, and the other is like, we're releasing it in September and we hope it does well. Which one is better positioned there to succeed? 
the one that is opening in the summer with where all the big blockbusters are and being like, this is the event film we're trying to be. Yeah. Or the one that's seemingly dumped in September. I well in that in that case, sure, that is a point in Battlefield Earth's favor. I feel like there was more marketing for Battlefield Earth. Like the studio tried to make it a thing, you know, Travolta wanted sequels and stuff. Yeah. Um I am I'm going with Battlefield here. You could do what you okay. would like. I uh, I all right, I'm hang on. Marking down your vote for Battlefield Earth. I yeah, I'm voting ballistic. I can't okay. get over Barry Pepper. Your movie stars <laughs> Barry Pepper. That's you're you're not starting yourself in a position to succeed. All right. Uh, so now we are, you have Battlefield Earth up to one, and I have Ballistic up to one. What needs to change the most from these movies? Yes. So the, the... <laughs> Once again, bring up Barry Pepper. <laughs> All right, sure. Uh, discounting the quality, because yeah. they're both shitty. So, Ballistic costs too much. It did. For what it is. It, it, it would need to make, like, at this time, you could sell a bunch of DVDs and recoup your budget. Sure. But it would need to make at least a hundred in theaters to then become profitable eventually, domestically. Right. Which I think is going to be hard for it to do. Mask of Zorro made ninety four, and that was a summer film, I think. Um, it's it has no competition. You know, Barbershop and Weekend Two, Banger Sisters isn't going to do anything. So it's got that going for it, but it's released in a dead zone. So I would I would think also move the release date, maybe Labor Day, which is just a few weekends before, but has a holiday attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. Put Ballistic in a place where you're trying to make it succeed. Yeah. Battlefield's coming off of uh, Gladiator, which I think people thought was going to hit, but I don't. I think that that opened like 35 or something. And I think that was surprising to some people that it was yeah. a very potent opening. So I think it's not a terrible release date. You know, you get like the awards player from Ridley Scott and then the fun sci-fi action movie opens. Yeah. I agree about Barry Pepper, but the budget's right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you should move it to somewhere. What was coming out that year? Maybe, I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't be alone on Memorial Day. And it wouldn't be alone on the 4th of July. Yeah. I, but. Let me uh, let me ask you this. Uh, and this is not a loaded question. I thought of this. You were, no, no. What I was. I was smiling about me saying a fun action movie. I was smiling when I was looking at it also opened against U571. It's a big thing with Noah and I. I'll say something and he'll he'll laugh. Yeah. And I'll go, oh, great. I made him laugh. And then I'll go, which love it? He goes, oh, no, I saw this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. But yeah, uh, what? Go ahead. I saw U571 and I was I briefly thought of Harrison Ford talking about K-19, the Widowmaker. <laughs> I'm Conan. Yeah, that's just that terrible. Made, <laughs> that made me laugh. U five seven one was uh, was that Bigelow or did she do K nineteen? I she did think, one of those sub movies. I think Bigelow did U five, but it's with McConaughey. No, he didn't. Jonathan Mostow did that, so she okay. must have done the other one. Okay, John Bon Jovi <laughs> is the fourth build in U five seven one. We should. I think we should do a whole U five seven one pod personally. Matthew uh, McConaughey, Harvey Keitel, Bill Paxson, and John Bon Jovi. 
next uh, next March instead of a tournament, we'll just do a multi week expose on U five seven one. It's just called Mole five seven one. Yeah, M U dash five seven one. Okay. I. Anyway, my question: Can Battlefield Earth, uh, the story that was laid out in this movie, mm-hmm. I can that story be made into a good movie by competent people? Yeah, without probably. without like radically changing it. This the Earth's in the Earth has been enslaved by these creatures, right? Yeah, this one resistance fighter who has to leave his little village. And gets captured by them, leads a small group of resistance against them. Yeah, I mean it's like yeah, it's an old yeah, it's I, an old tale. I think I think the yes, I think the <laughs> the bones of a normal story are there. It was yeah. just told in the worst possible way. <laughs> I so re- really to me, like I I I agree that Battlefield Earth probably doesn't have to move. I. So ignoring the uh, replace everyone involved with it with literally right. anyone else, you got to Barry Pepper's the thing for me there. Barry Pepper's a big Whereas thing. Whereas Ballistic costs too much and needs to be positioned to succeed. Yeah, because back then um, you couldn't just release a big movie on a random day. It yeah. was much because, and mainly that was because we'd get solid doubles like you know barbershop opens to 24 the weekend before not yeah. it's not a big movie great opening and so you would get these movies uh, normally and then you would have event seasons because back then four movies opened a weekend this now nothing does indeed but now the past few years we've been able to open blockbusters wherever the fuck you want this wasn't the time to do that so i think i think I think where I've landed is that Ballistic was further from success. I'm going to agree. Okay. So you now have winning. Yeah, I've got I've got Ballistic winning and you've got it all tied up. So we move on to Legacy, which has got to be Battlefield Earth. Yes, this is this is such a tough blow for Ballistic. Yeah, because Ballistic is big as far as um, film Twitter. Yeah. And just small circles of film people know that it's the zero percent and it's this terrible movie. Battlefield Earth is like a template. Yes, for, it is. Uh, yeah, it will follow Travolta around forever. It is incredibly, famously, hilariously bad. Yeah. I. Uh, so we have a tie. Wow. I. Uh, I have Ballistic three two. You have Battlefield three two. Wow. So we move on to the Drewky special. Okay. I. Uh, which of these movies' budgets is more indefensible? I think there's still a case for Battlefield. All right. Take me there. Because to to me on its face, it seems like these budgets are basically the same. Sure. And Battlefield was the blockbuster type and Ballistic was the not type. Here's part of what I'll so say. What Here's, you got? And it's it's almost like the opposite of what this why we usually give this award out. It's too small. To tell, Interesting. To, to tell this type of story, think about the visual Ooh. effects we saw in Battlefield Earth. To tell this type of story, to get the right makeup and prosthetics, make this needs to be made an event film. This needs to be made as the biggest movie of the summer, 150, cap it at that, 
You get someone else in the lead role, I give you that. But as far as budget goes, uh-huh. 80 is not enough to tell this story. You have blown <laughs> my mind. I got to tell you, I when I said Ballistic has a, a, a Battlefield has a case, uh-huh. This that wasn't in my <laughs> head. have it yet. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you're right, though. I think about Because, like, the visual effects are horrendous and there's so much of them yes and you also just always notice the hands and it's that kind of thing where they have longer fingers so you could tell they're holding it like this yeah just in like the it looks like they're holding it just with their palm because they have the weird prosthetics their fingers go to into the palm of the glove so their 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 fake fingers are just like not curled around anything and it looks insane all the hair on everybody the sets the makeup like it's just it needs more put into it, and and it, it needs things with that comes bigger stars, better director, all that kind of shit. But in order for this to be successful, the, the visual, it needs to look like the biggest movie of the summer, and it does not. No. Uh, meanwhile, Ballistic, like... Ballistic has caught, the money on the screen. Yeah, it like, it costs too much. It costs 70, but, like, probably should have cost 50. Yeah, that's exactly but, what I was thinking. You drop it to, to, to 50, and it's fine. But it's not, like, gross negligence spending no. $70 million to make this movie. I just I, th- I think you're right. <laughs> I think I think you 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 somehow got there just at the last minute. But yeah, that is I I agree. Battlefield Earth well, it really flipped it. <laughs> really flipped that rule. Amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be a new thing you do now, where you just go. The Northman should have cost two hundred million dollars. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> they would go. Oh, so we kind of want to make this movie. Um, we kind of want to make Little Women, but we only have like thirty million dollars to do it. But I think we can do it done. And you stand up, you go thirty million, yeah, eighty-five, thirty million per woman. Yeah. <laughs> More like it. Battlefield Earth, yeah, moves, moves on. on. A nail biter, <laughs> a one a, seed, a buzzer beating victory. The one seed beats the two seed. Let's see who it'll face in the Justin Lin division. The franchise enters the film. That the films that uh, end, ended their franchises. Yeah. Stopped them dead in their tracks. We have the two seed Dark Phoenix against the eight seed Son of the Mask. <laughs> the, the little movie that could. Dark Phoenix was released June 7, 2019. Opening weekend, $33 million. A budget of 200 Final gross, 66 domestic, 252 worldwide. The Mask, Son of the Mask. Was released February eighteenth, two thousand five. Opening weekend seven million. It was released on a holiday. Let's say President's Day. Uh, Nine million for the four day weekend. Budget of eighty four. Final gross seventeen and sixty worldwide. Dark Phoenix had a budget of two hundred, a gross of two fifty two, and a profit of one twenty six. While Son of the Mask had a budget eighty four, gross of sixty, profit of seventy one point one, and a big point goes to Son of the Mask. I agree. Quality of movie, Dark Phoenix sucks. It made yeah. our bottom of the year list, probably both of ours, I don't remember. Oh yeah. I hated Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I think it was probably I can I can check if it was in mine. Um but it was just it was lazy. Clearly nobody cared about it, you know. Uh you could see the reshoots. Jennifer Lawrence just genuinely wasn't interested to be there no. anymore. Uh it was my worst movie of the year, actually. Um and yet and yet, I don't know how you're voting, I, but for me, this is definitely Son of the Mask. I think it's possible if we did not get 
the scenes in which Jamie Kennedy was the mask, uh-huh. the Dark Phoenix would be worse. Okay. I think this is closer. When he spent 15 minutes out of appears. an hour and 20 minute movie singing a song from the 50s? Yes. The uh, the big song and dance number. But song then I'll, it? I've, I've forgotten. Okay. I, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that scene wholeheartedly ruined the movie and then they returned to it in the big climax he's the mask again yeah i so yeah i agree that son of the mask is worse but i think it's closer than you might think it sounds but, like it uh, son of the mask is just a, a painful abomination of a movie yes and so that gets my vote it's up 2-0 easier road to success Let's not even read it. Uh, yeah, it's it's Dark the Phoenix. X-Men movie. <laughs> yes. Full of uh, full of young Recognizable exciting stars. stars. Yeah. yeah. And characters that have already made hundreds of millions of dollars, probably billions at this point. And finally, furthest from success, an eight seed moves on. Yes. I Son of the Mask, indeed. Son of the an eight and, seed. I think it might be the. Is that the first time an eight seed has come out of one? I'll I'll check. You go ahead. Yeah, it's very possible. I want to say this about Son of the Mask because I think you and I both sort of go into these tournaments with like we we call them like we see them, and what moves on moves on. But sometimes we'll think like, is do we want it to be Son of the Mask? Right. I uh, here's what I'll say. The executives got together and they spent $84 million <laughs> to make Son of the Mask in 2005. This isn't like, you know, town and country or whatever that just kind of accidentally became sure. a big failure. This is just, this is a, they, they tried. Town they, and country had one of the most, um, at one time, one of the most recognizable stars on the planet. Sure. The role also. Uh, and it's not a it's not a Playmobil that like, you know, only technically exists, but doesn't really exist. Like this is a this is a real movie that they spent almost a hundred million dollars making <laughs> and tried to make a big hit. And just because they they failed so spectacularly, like that's what we're doing here. This this is an eight seed. Sure. No one has seen this movie but us. Sure. But it's deserving of its place in the tournament, and it got here on the merits. It certainly did. So far, I'm not counting the first one. Okay. Because we didn't have We didn't seed them in the same way. Yeah, exactly. So, so far, in Multiplex Madness 2000, an eight seed does not come out. Okay? Multiplex Madness forever. Let's take a look. All right, so I'm going to go to my Elite Eight and a Half frame. So, Titanic, no. No. That was the one seed. Pulp Fiction, oh, no, that's Sweet 16. Sorry, hold on. Here we go. Mrs. Doubtfire, the one seed. Silence of the Lambs, the three seed. Toy Story, the three seed. The Lion King, the one seed. Speed, the four seed. Yeah. What a great round Speed had. 
That was it cool. went to the finals. I know. It was cool. Pretty Woman, the one seed, and Terminator 2, the one seed. This is the first time in our tournament's history an eight seed wins its division and faces arguably, like, the biggest contender for this title. Yeah. Battlefield Earth next week. Wow. Wow. It's exciting. I'm excited. That's incredibly exciting. Congratulations to Son of the Mask. <laughs> the biggest big sequel time. flop of the 21st century. Next week, we have them all. So let's see if I, I've already closed it. Let's see if I remember them. Uh, next week. Here we go. What is it? Cats? That one? No. It did. At Cats? Yeah. We'll take on Gili. Correct. Fantastic Four. We'll take on Green Lantern. Also correct. Two superhero movies. Mars Needs Moms takes on Catwoman. And Battlefield Earth will take on Son of the Mask. The entire Elite Eight and a Half will happen next week on a very special episode. And we'll determine the final four weddings and a funeral. I feel good about this. I like the, I, I like the Son of the Mask thing. These tournaments can't all be chalk, you know? That's right. All right. Let's get to some box office. Oh, boy. I... Uh, well, seeing as the top five was largely the same, let's start with my top five. Brian, I warned you this was not my most inspired top five. Mm-hmm. I've really taken to sort of theming these and now on the releases. Uh, you're, you're padding it so it doesn't seem as shitty. I, I mean, I'm, smart. Al- I'm, smart. Al- I'm also calling attention to it, so maybe it I will. should do that every podcast. I... <laughs> Just letting you guys know, this podcast is one of our best. Yeah. And then when it happens, they're like, hey, at least they knew. The Bad Guys is the number one movie two weeks in a row. Doing Billy Eilish songs? No. <laughs> I do not Are know Are you doing the top many. five villains? I'm doing the top five animals that seem evil. <laughs> that's what you thought of? You didn't think of, like, villains? No, well, that's, that's way too broad. I'm oh. not going to sit here being like... What about animated villains? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Jafar, I... Scar, Qatar, Mamar. Uh, I don't know. Momar Gaddafi? <laughs> sure. I'll just say Qatar. You think anyone ever drew him? Guitar. <laughs> I, yes, I went with the animals that seemed evil because it's a movie about evil animals that break good. I. This, I could, this is also very broad, because if you just say snake, there's a bunch of different snakes. That's true. And a bunch of different sharks. I didn't go with shark. Shark didn't make the cut. What? Your terror? Is anything in the ocean made the cut? Uh, yes, there is a... a You're terrified of the it's... ocean more than anything else in the world, and sharks you're fine with? Yeah, but I mean, it's... They're not scary? Have you seen Deep Blue Sea? Have you seen Deep Blue Sea? Yeah, yeah. Right. I... So number five is Tarantula. This is going to be one of our watches tonight, if you had <laughs> All right. I, this is kind of the stand-in Eight-legged for bugs. freaks. Yeah, arachnophobia. Sure. I, spiders are scary. It's a classic phobia. I, tarantulas, while being like really not that big a deal of a spider. Right. They're not really poisonous. They're, just they big. they're not really a problem. But they're big and hairy, and that's yeah. fucked up. They look like hands. I, spiders should not be big and hairy. They should be small and spindly. And like invisible, yeah, and all, and also go away. They should go away. <laughs> uh, I know. I get they're very important. I can't important. get up to they the. the I can't get up to the top corners of the room. Stay there. Yeah, sure. You don't need to come down here. I feel like we need to have a spoken agreement with bugs. When I'm gone, by all means, yeah, eat whatever you want. Walk around. Just don't lay eggs anywhere, and we're fine. Yes. When I'm here, get to your room, <laughs> up there, 
Yeah, we I I pay for this space. Yeah. I Ooh, that's a good point. They should start paying rent. I I know, I completely agree. So tarantulas come in at number 5. Okay. Number 4, I went with leopards. I That's the big cat you chose? Yeah, and I cuz I think a big thing about villains historically uh-huh. is that they're kind of the uh the unremarked upon one. I wanted to go with a cat because cats are surly and uh, and angry. I, uh, Scar really hides in the shadows. No one really pays attention to him. Well, I mean, like, lions are the king of the jungle, even though I don't live the there. Like, lions and tigers were out because they're, like, majestic. Okay. I, they're also very scary. Yeah, no, I agree. But they don't seem evil. They seem scary. It's different. All right, fine. I, and so I thought of, like, the big cats. Look up a picture of a leopard. I, cheetahs, are, you know, they're the fastest. They're celebrated. I... You got leopards and you got uh, jaguars, and like ja- I, th- I just think leopards are kind of leopards do have a menacing face. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think they're kind of the un- the unsung little brother of the big jungle cat kind of and thing. They're always looking down at you, which yeah. is a scary thing to look. I, so yeah, I went with leopards there. All right, I, and number three for a similar reason, I went crocodile. What's the distinction for you there? I. So for me, I I originally had written alligator, because I think that uh, alligators and crocodiles are you know they are literally dinosaurs, uh, they are among the most deadly and terrifying uh, creatures in the sea. If I have to be in a body of water, yeah, and I get to be in it with a shark or I get to be in it with a crocodile, I'm taking the shark. Sure, hundred percent. I. And again, between alligators and crocodiles, I feel like alligators are kind of the main one. And crocodiles are unsung. And that's going to cause them to build some resentment towards the alligators and turn evil. I, and the way they, like, grab you and, like, spin mm-hmm. to kill you. Yeah. Death spiral. Yeah. It's fucked up. I, number two, I want hyena. Uh, talk about animated villains. I... These just seem like this is probably just the Lion King's fault, but just kind of horrible dogs. Just like, what if dogs were bad? Yeah. Which I think is a, I think that is a big a part of it. For, Dog- that was the slogan for Cujo. What if dogs were bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was on the poster. Like dog dogs are among the greatest animals in the world. They oh, are. Yeah. I think they probably have the highest appro- approval rating, oh, even yeah. if they're not like everyone's number one they're gonna be in everyone's top five Maybe butterflies sure butterflies are nice but still no one's like, allergic to um yeah who doesn't like seeing a butterfly i no, I, th- I think that's true i think butterflies are high up there as well but there's not like an evil version a moth they're fine mothman prophecies yeah movie. sure uh but hyenas are i think just objectively the evil twin of dogs sure they're also ugly dogs yeah they're ugly they're mangy and they yeah. like eat carcasses and sure. they have that laugh uh, and it's just terrible stuff. What's your best hyena laugh? Pull the mic away before you do it. Oh God! Just, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm just gonna do Joker. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> yeah, that was Joker. Yeah, it was especially Joker because I slowed down at the end. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? Hyenas really milk their laughs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and this is a good point you brought up. Number one is snake. Uh, because obviously, but what's the most evil snake? So there was nothing that lived in the sea. I mean, because crocodiles are 
um, clean water animals. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. No, I did not. Uh, wow. See, a big, a big. Not part, even like giant squid. A big part of my fear of the sea is what you don't know is, is in the yeah, sea. Yeah, is the unknown. It's the monsters. I don't think you like giant squids, though. No, I, I could do without them. <laughs> but I don't think they seem evil. No, snakes, I think they seem imposing. Snakes are the fucking worst. We need I to think, get rid of them all. Yeah. Another thing about the sea is that a big thing that's scary about oh, it is boy. that it doesn't care. He really settled into his chair, too. It's not that the sea I is... Think about the sea, and he just slunk down, put his <laughs> yeah. feet up. Yeah, I'm on my Hemingway shit. The thing about the sea... <laughs> The opening line of that book, wasn't it? The old man in the yeah, sea. Yeah. The thing about the sea is <laughs> you can't get the fish out of it. I No, it's not the sea isn't coming to get you. The sea just doesn't care about you. Right. It will consume you. But it's not evil, it's just uh horrifying. Uh so yeah, snake snakes is are coming one. to get you. <laughs> yes. But what is the most evil snake? Uh I mean anaconda or python. Yeah, the ones the ones that are How about a viper? They're not the the big thing is imposing and it's hard to escape in that regard. Yeah. And it feels overwhelming. If there's like a viper in a room and <laughs> knock on wood there never is. Um you could probably get on high ground, you can run around, you know what I mean? You could hit it with something. Sure. If an anaconda's in the room, there's not a lot of space for you to maneuver. Yeah. I think it's I think I think the answer is just anaconda. Again, just Hopefully, never an anaconda in the room. Anaconda is the animal that seems most evil. Yeah, that's why they made a movie about it. Yeah, starring Ice Cube. We talked about yep. it last week on Real Rhythm. We all know who stars in Anaconda. Name one other person. <laughs> I. It's a big cast. Hang There's on, three big names. You hang say. on, I. I Michelle Rodriguez. No, damn. You got another one? I know. There's a Josh Lucas. No. McConaughey. No, you're not. Terribly off with both of those. I know. <laughs> I know that there's one that, of those guys. That person wasn't a big star though at the time. Okay. I no, I don't have it. The one you're thinking of is Owen Wilson. Yeah. Who's sure. also a blonde okay. from Texas, like yeah, Josh yeah. Lucas and Matthew v- John Voight. Okay, sure, of course. Who plays another race? I'm pretty sure. And um, and Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez the other, is the it's one. the other lead, yeah. Yes, her okay. and Ice Cube. They both live at the end. Good for them. Yeah. A rare horror movie where the t- two minorities live at the yeah. end. They should get together in that movie. Okay. I don't think there was time for that. There's <laughs> <laughs> plenty of time. They escaped. Big snake. Yeah, snakes are shitty. Kissing the helicopter. Snakes are shitty. I... All right, so on to the actual top five. Yeah. Uh, and no, I haven't just spliced in my audio from last week. This is a new one. One's different. Uh, that's true. I uh, <laughs> the six and five switch spots. The bad guys came in at number one again with sixteen point two million dollars, a thirty-two point two percent drop. That is up to forty-four point five total. Sonic the Hedgehog two came in at number two again with eleven and a half million dollars. That was a twenty-six point three percent drop. That is up to 161.1 total. Fantastic Beasts colon The Secrets of Dumbledore came in at number three again with $8.3 million. That was a 40.7% drop. That's up to $79.5 million. The Northman was the fourth man again with $6.3 million. That is a 48.2% drop. That is up to $22.8 million. And number five was Everything Everywhere All at Once. 
for not the first time probably, but the first time this week, it's it different. Was at number five, you mean it wasn't the first time? Yeah, yeah I'm checking. I uh, that made five and a half million dollars, a two point two percent increase it yet is again. The, it is the first time. Oh wow, okay. Uh, and that is up to $35.4 million. Do you think this is a social experiment? I should take my mom to see Sonic the Hedgehog and not tell her anything about it? No, How I do don't think... How do you think that would go? I don't think that would be, like, interesting. And I think it's just, like, she'd figure it out. Do you? I've, not that she'd be like, I don't understand the plot, but she'd have so many questions. <laughs> what is this thing? Why is there two of them? Why is it living with James Marsden? Is it their son? <laughs> <laughs> what the rings teleport people? Jim I mean, Carrey's here, yeah. you know. <laughs> Jim Carrey's there. He's yeah. from Mushroom Planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think she'd figure it out. Right. I think if you took her to like the unbearable weight of massive talent, or I don't know, that's probably not that weird either. <laughs> yeah, All these it's a comedy about Nick Cage. Yeah, I know, but he's weird. So I assume the movie's weird. Fantastic Beasts. Are that two in the weeds at this point? She saw the first one, I think. Okay. Well, does she remember it? No. Yeah. If I asked her what was the name of the main character of Fantastic Beast, she would never figure the answer out. <laughs> Full name ever. I need Scamander. No, I'll or take nothing. I'll take Newt. She would have no idea. <laughs> no. Well, good for her. All right. Um. Our, I don't know. Opening this weekend was Memory, which is a, a low-budget uh, action film with Liam Neeson, directed yeah. by Martin Campbell, who's still in director's jail for some reason. Uh, three million dollars it made in eighth place. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, it just wasn't gonna make money. The bad guys, as you said, dropped thirty-two percent in weekend two, made sixteen forty-four. It'll probably cap out at about seventy, which I think is a pretty solid result right now. It's about to get crushed by this other movie coming out next week. Uh, although it could stick around, there's a chance that the 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 gross is now low enough where it could just flat you know flatten out. Sure, if. Doctor Strange is sold out. It's a nice thing for families to decide to go see as a second choice. But, you know, I think Sonic really hurt it and probably vice versa. But $70 million for an original animated film in these times is uh, that seemingly had very low presence in yeah. the marketplace. It's pretty decent. Sure. Good for that. Uh, the Northman, as you said, is at number four, dropped 48%, $6 million. 22 total. It's not a horrible drop. Certainly the the response from general audiences has been mixed, which is shocking. Um, so <laughs> this is this is your meeting did that you you've know, taken with the exact. <laughs> did you? Yeah, this is why I take. Your mind? I take the meeting with general audiences who <laughs> yeah. are like, I didn't like. It. Did you not like the mom trying to fuck the son? Is that what you didn't like? What about when the little boy got stabbed? Not like that. Um, what about when he uh, mutilated those people and formed their bodies into oh, like a weird horse screen. on the wall? Eggers, get some balls, buddy. Come on. He still showed the weird body horse. <laughs> yeah, after. Anyway, it's fine. It also wasn't on that long. It was dark. You couldn't really yeah. see it. Anyway. Um, Do you like how much of the movie was runes? <laughs> you know what? No, you made, a, you made a great point, sir. I can't explain the braces on the Valkyrie. I don't know what that was. So I, I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that made 22, 23 it's at right now. You know, that's going to sink like a stone next week, but it'll get to 30, which is nice. It costs way too much, but yeah. they wanted to open it wide. That's, this is probably the best they could have hoped for. Uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, also in Weekend 2, dropped 45. Uh, that's a pretty steep drop for a movie that's supposed to be pretty proud, crowd-pleasing and yeah. good reviews. I would say that's a pretty steep drop. I just The market's not here for this kind of movie. Again, Nicolas Cage, 
as a, a niche interest, as someone to laugh with and or at, is not a general consensus among, you know, no no one outside of film Twitter knows what Mandy is. Right. Or has heard of Pig. So there's no clout there. Sorry to everyone who's a Nicolas Cage fan. This wasn't. Think, I'm glad you have the movie, and I, I, th- I hope it's good, but it never, was never going to make money. Do you think there's a big color out of space segment? There is a portion that mentions guarding Tessa here, which All is right. a, a Secret Service movie he did in the 90s that was bombed. And then Spotlights, Sonic 2 is now the, the second big... Uh, I'm sorry. Now the biggest video game adaptation of all time, beating the first Sonic with its 160 total. It currently stands at 325 worldwide. It'll definitely get to 170. Um, and then anything after that is just gravy. So good for you. I would position Sonic two as if not a summer release, then a major holiday release. Uh, I, I'm surprised that, that more franchises don't go the fun route of calling it some. So like forgot what the, what the, um, what the movie was, but I thought that something should have been called a something Christmas. Okay. I forgot what it was, but I was like, you need to make this a holiday thing. Change the holidays. I think the next movie should be called a Sonic Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, the Christmases of Dumbledore. No, and I, I really I can't remember what it was and it's bugging me now. But um, the point being, I think that the next one should be a Sonic Christmas and have it be around Christmas time and position it against an Avatar sequel. And have it be your Alvin and the Chipmunks, and it makes like two hundred million with Christmas legs. Sure. And then the next year you can do, you know, a Sonic Thanksgiving, a Sonic. I just feel like, and you you can also just keep putting numbers hey. on it. I'm fine with that. Or put it put it at, call it Sonic the Hedgehog two, but make it a Christmas story. I just I'm surprised that more kids oriented franchises don't go the specific themed routes. I agree. Uh, and like a Sonic Christmas would be fine, but. I think, you know, we talked about the desperate need for Jewish representation in film. So, a Sonica? With Ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz is Jewish. Yeah. There you to, go. To make a Sonica. Sonica. I, Don't call it that. But yeah. Uh, do! Okay, sure. A Morbius Christmas? No, it wasn't like recent, <laughs> meaning last week. Uh, I also want to mention, because I don't think it's getting to 100 anymore, but The Lost City crossed $90 million at the domestic box office this weekend. Just incredible. It's at 150 worldwide, essentially. It, it's going to get to one night. It's going to get to 95, and it might stick around if they can keep its theaters up. But what a pleasant, what a pleasant surprise and a great box office story from the first half of this year. Yeah. Um, I hope they do a sequel. And then finally, Everything Everywhere All at Once. What what more can be said? It increased 80 theaters, including a bunch of IMAX showings. And uh, it increased 2.2. It's at 35. It's going to... I think it has what it takes to challenge Uncut Gems as the biggest A24 movie, which I think has like over 50. Okay. So Interesting. People think it can get to fifty. You think it's gonna? Uh, you think it's gonna keep on keeping on even with? Uh, I think Strange is it's, gonna. Uh, it's big mainstream equivalent coming out. Strange is gonna cut into its numbers, but it's not. I don't think the audience is gonna be overlapping all that much. In in, in my mind, the people who are going to see Doctor Strange, yeah, that also have interest in everything everywhere all at once, has already seen everything everywhere all at once. 
That's a good point. Sure. And the word of mouth is gonna is gonna take it. So people who haven't heard of this movie and are being told by their friends will probably see it after Doctor Strange. But I, uh, yeah, I it's, I it's doing incredibly well. It's it's really exciting. I hope you're right. It is very exciting. Uncut Gems did make fifty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it can do it. <laughs> Remember, um, like in Jan December when I said there were a few people on Twitter. Like reputable people who are like, I think Doctor Strange easily has what it takes to just be another Spider-Man. Yes. Now the projections are like, you know, 150 to 180, 180 to 200. And that's really it. Like yeah. It's capped to two. And I'm like, yeah, we all fucking told you. Which still, uh, to, to be sure, 200 million is huge. It's going to be one of these things where this movie's going to open to 160. Yeah. I think. And it's going to get a lot of like, it did great, but did it do enough? And well, you ha- you can't compare it. Marvel movies can't be compared to their immediate predecessors. No. They have to be compared to, yes, that has to take into some account. We're like where the studio is at right now. But you have to compare it to the fact that the first one made like 60 yeah. in its opening weekend six years ago. And... Now he's getting a sequel, and it makes a hundred million more than that. That's incredible, and I know Wanda's in it, but she hasn't headlined any of these yeah. movies, and the cameos aren't going to be as like huge as three Spider Man in a movie. Yeah, and so. also the most recent one was the biggest movie to ever exist. Yeah, so uh, give or take a few movies, but like so yeah, it's, in that company, you you obviously have to go. Is it up to Marvel standards? But you can't go, is it up to Marvel's biggest standards? No, of course not. So, yeah. But uh, it'll be fine. It, yes. We'll see what happens on weekend two. Yeah. We'll see I'm, what audience reaction is. I'm really excited for it to make $200 million and people go, I don't know. I guess that's all right. Yeah. I, all right. Silly people. That's all I have. All right. Then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it make more or less than Ted? Ted? We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than Ted at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Uh, your first film, your hardest film of the three. Madagascar 3, Europe's most wanted. Wanted. Uh, more. Last, unfortunately. Hmm? Were you doing a thing there? No. Hmm. No, it was just. Want? What is that? Want? Moana? Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Moana. How I say Moana. Yes. <laughs> For some reason. What is what is that a famous reference of? <laughs> oh, something I, I only I say. Yeah. I've started doing it too. Uh 2017. I think that's wrong too. Well, now you've got me concerned because that's very wrong uh, by what, what I Wait, I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. What movie is it? Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. Oh, it was in 2017, huh? Uh, yeah. First one, first one was 08, second one was 2000 oh 2012 uh yes that is correct oh, okay uh when did the second one come out first one was oh eight. no the first one was oh five the second one was oh eight aha that's where that happened there okay. you go all right uh the Good movie uh is it the third one's great oh, okay third one's a ton of fun best of best of the free uh of the, the franchise i uh, I believe you. That was uh, not your first zero in this game, okay. but your second. Uh, joins company with The Lorax, another animated movie that came out in 2012. Uh, a bit of a blind spot for you, I guess. Released by Universal. The Lorax was. Universal now owns DreamWorks. 
which is Madagascar's company. Your second film is War of the Worlds. Uh, more. That is correct. 2005. That is correct. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get most of the Spielberg. A nice, uh, a nice little rebound for you there. Your final film is A Star is Born. Uh, more, I'll say. Less. Just barely. Star is Born is just barely Two, less. 2018. That is correct, yes. I must have been just barely less. So you do establish the win there, uh, though a hard-fought matchup indeed. All right. I... Now, come and gone from a theater near you, Brian. You're ready to go back in time. Yes. Uh, all right. Anywhere but here. Uh, quite far back. We're doing 2006 for a movie that is... Uh, I love it. There are actually... Uh, I guess maybe I can have you guess. Yeah, you the can. Three. What's, the, uh, what's uh, the date? So this is April 28th, 2006. Right three. before... Um, uh, Mission Impossible Three comes out. I. Uh, that is the weekend, correct. The weekend, weekend before. before, yes, indeed. That opened the summer movie season in two thousand six. Hmm. So there are three things here, along with a little movie that I'll shout out, but not have you guess because it was in the eighth spot. Is it Bug? Uh, no, it's not. I. Uh, I just I scrolled down a little bit to see if there's any other things that came out. Uh, and in the 24th spot, The Lost City opened this weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very strange. I. So now we've got a. Let's see. We got a family comedy. We got a, a very adult drama and. A. I don't know. A family team. comedy. 2006. Yeah. Teen girl movie, probably? <laughs> Confessions of a Shopaholic. No. Um, c- uh, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. No, no one's confessed anything. <laughs> Those are two different movies, though. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, all right. So this family film. Did I see it? You know, I don't really know from this point. From yeah, this point. I don't really know. I saw it a bunch. I really liked you this saw movie. It a bunch. Yeah, it's not a hoot. Uh, no, that came, <laughs> that came out the out next in, weekend. Came out in May. Yeah, I know. I know. I, um, you saw it a bunch. You really like this movie, family film. I'm guessing yeah. it's live action. It is live action. It was number one. It's number one. You saw it a bunch. You were 15. Big star. You were 15. RV? Yeah. Yeah, we saw it. Okay, that was one of the times we saw, we saw it, it then. No, we saw it together twice, I think, as well. Oh, we both saw it a bunch. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was like eight months into us knowing each other. Yeah, just seeing, definitely seeing saw RV that, all the time. The <laughs> yeah, twice. I'm pretty sure I saw this at the Buffalo Grove Theater once as well. Maybe that wasn't with me. Maybe though. I'm thinking of Hoot. <laughs> Uh, that opened so to weird time in my life. Twenty three, way too much. It opened to sixteen. Oh wow! Yeah, that was a hit. <laughs> Did not do well. Didn't it do well? Generally, didn't it stick around? Uh, yeah. Well, it would Did go it on 60? to make seventy. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm gonna look at it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what not, happened there. This chart won't tell me what it opened against. Just looking at the drops, 33, and then dropped 9 in yeah. 3. Wow. All right. Yeah, so RV, number one. Okay. Not nearly as good as you thought. Uh, number two, a uh, very adult drama. Very adult drama. 
that uh, did I see this derailed? No, I don't know if you saw it in theaters, but I know you've seen it. And uh, do I like it? Yes, you are uh, very fond of this movie. What? I don't know when the last time you saw it is, but I know like at the time. <laughs> what? Uh, and like in okay, hold on, two thousand six. Yeah. Notes on a scandal. No, no, it wouldn't open number two. <laughs> That'd be fucking wild. <laughs> um, is it an Oscar player? I. That's where my mind went to. I don't think it ended up being one. I. Hmm. Very topical movie though. In two thousand six. Yeah. Topical as far as the war. Uh, yeah. Far- yeah, it's, 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 it is it is related to that. Indeed. Jarhead. No, you like Jarhead. I did like Jarhead. Um, topical. Give me a clue. I uh, all right. It was uh, number two. Let's see. Based on a uh, based on true events and like a a recreation of World Trade Center. No, that a was very August. famous uh, United ninety three. Yeah, that's uh, the one. Yeah, United Three's great. I know you're a big fan of it. You don't like it? I don't know. I I've seen it. You've once. seen it. I've seen it once and remember thinking, yeah, that was good. Right. Uh, at the time, I was kind of like, I don't know, like, like it's, it's just creepy. This just happened. I don't really want to do this. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, no, it's great. Got nominated for best director. Oh, okay, Greengrass. I so yeah, that opened at number two. Okay. Wow. Holy shit. That's wild that they opened that wide. Um. I don't even have the beginning clue of what this could make on opening, especially like considering now, like twelve million dollars is a huge amount for this kind of movie. Sure. Back then, I'm gonna say twelve. Uh, very close, eleven point four. Yeah, back then that was probably disappointing. Now that would be wild if a nine eleven yeah. drama <laughs> made eleven million on opening weekend. All right. Uh, yeah. What's the last one? All right, kids so no- movie, girl. Yeah, probably. No boys a, will like uh, this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, only for the girls. It does. It does have Jeff Bridges. Oh, Dreamer. No. Damn. I think that was November anyway. Uh, yeah. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with this movie. Is he the we lead? To... <laughs> no, no, no. He is not the lead. Racing stripes. He's, he's more no. the uh, more the mentor type. <sighs> Dakota Fanning. I think it's just Dreamer. I'm no, just you are not. Uh, I do not believe you're going to identify anyone else in this cast. Really? Anna uh, Sophia Robb. It's got. Uh, no. Anna Sophia Robb. No. 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 Who's it got? List them. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't do that. Let me see if I can get it once we get the movie. Okay. Give me some more clues. Okay. I. Uh, let's see. I'm just. I'm going to. I'm going to get pretty specific with these because. Uh, do the IMDb thing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Read, read okay. the summary. Sure. All right. After a run-in with the law. Stop. It's about a girl who ran into the law. She's running, ran into a cop car. Boom. <laughs> no, keep going. Haley Graham is, Wait. <laughs> is forced to return. Return to jail. <laughs> yeah. After running from the law, Haley Graham is sent to jail. And that's what it's about. I forced her to a farm to, to the world from which she fled some years ago. Fled. That's the whole thing. No, there's there is more. Okay, keep going. Enrolled in an elite superhero gymnastics program. Oh, stick it! <laughs> yeah. 
That was not run for... by the legendary Burt Vickerman. I think, I think the sticker was PG thirteen. They had some. Was run. it? They, yeah. They, they, yeah. Oh, so it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't for for the little kitties. All right. Well, uh, there's one girl on that that I I recognize her face. Okay. But I, think uh, I just looked up with this main girl. That opened to eight. That opened to ten. Ten point eight. Can you imagine? I. Uh, Missy Peregrine, we know who she is. Look at her face. You know who she is. She's been in a thousand things. Missy Peregrine. I don't know her name. Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of the other Missy. From you, Dodgeball. Ah. Uh, I thought, uh, when I saw that, I thought of Miss Peregrine and her home. I was thinking of Missy Pyle. Uh, okay. Missy Pyle looks sure. like this. Yeah, okay. I, no, the one that I recognize from whatever is Vanessa... Leg, legends, Lengies. Le, legends. Yeah. Lengies. Oh, that's an E. That's an I. I know uh, I know Kellen Lutz's name. Oh, Kellen Lutz, sure. Vanessa was in Waiting. Okay. And I liked Waiting. I don't think you would now. <laughs> Maybe not. That might be what I know her from. I thought she was in something. Like, she was in 26 episodes of Are You Afraid of a Dark? Thank okay. you. Are there you, you afraid of a dark? I uh, I'm afraid of a dark, and then I also want to uh, want to shout out a uh, oh John Grease okay he's somebody go ahead you sure. want to shout out what a uh, favorite of yours at number eight uh, Aquila and the Bee opened this weekend oh lovely lovely indeed mom and I saw a movie the Nope trailer came on I said that's Aquila Jesus Christ <laughs> that, was, that was me. <laughs> That was me knocking on wood to make sure yeah. it was Aquila. <laughs> <laughs> That's Aquila. I hope. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aquila is great. Let's watch that tonight. Yeah, you've you've liked it for years. It's, since 2006, probably. It's, <laughs> I saw it in theaters. Yeah. yeah, it's good. All right. That is? Yeah, that's it. That's all I have. That's Let's all I have. It. All right. Plug it up. Uh, you can find us at what's in the box office.com. We are on Twitter at wit box office. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brian DeServer, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. <laughs> and of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. You're trying to mouth it, but you're not doing it at all. That's not true. Uh, That's not true. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. We are on, we are and on. I, I always screw these up, so you don't know. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple. <laughs> I... Uh, Unlike uh, the box office charts, we're different every week. You never know what's coming. So come check us out there, please. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm also doing a series with our good friend and fellow podcaster, Ahmad Oates, on his uh, podcast called Thinking Outside the Boombox. Our series is called Real Rhythm, R-E-E-L, rhythm spelled the usual way, where we are discussing uh, hip-hop and film and the, uh, the relationship that the two have. Um, with each other and so the first episode was about song uh, hip-hop songs written specifically for movies second was about the biographies of hip-hop artists that have come out the third one which we just did was rappers turned actors and then this upcoming week is the best uh soundtracks Ooh. Uh, best hip-hop soundtracks of all time amada has curated a playlist or a list of about 10 soundtracks so we're listening through those we'll discuss them and then next week or our final episode will be about the different genres and how hip hop films fit into each genre. Um, so it's a lot of fun. Check us out there and just his podcast. He's only got a few more episodes left of his entire podcast at TOTB the podcast on Twitter and Instagram and thinking outside the boombox.com. All that stuff. 
would you say that you've got to get real rhythm when you get the blues? Now you googled this. What is this in reference to? It's a Johnny Cash song. Ah, you then you got to get rhythm. Then yes. When you get the blues. I do think so. Yeah. Of course. Um, were you have a movie to recommend? Doctor Strange, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to recommend Doctor Strange. That's gross. Uh, I mean, you're going to see yeah. it. They, they don't need me. Oh, you're really taking a hit against Marvel recently. You've I'm turned not, the tide. I have not turned the tide, but I'm not going to. I'm not watching their show. <laughs> Fuck Doctor Strange. That's gross. They don't need me sitting here being like, you know what? You should check out <laughs> Doctor Strange. I... I guess it's the Northman, which I think uh, with the with the benefit of time is probably going to settle into a very nice like, yeah, that movie was good with me. I just saw it again okay. with other people. OK, I know. And uh, he liked it better. Yeah, I, I I think the biggest problem with the Northman is Expectations. that. Yeah, it's not the witch nor the lighthouse, but I still think it's a pretty cool movie that is definitely worth seeing. Um, I'm going to shout out an indie that we haven't seen, okay. but I expect to be good, and it's a Petite uh, Mama. Oh, great choice. Um, which I believe the plot is about a woman who has recently lost her mother or is losing her mother who then discovers um, her mother as a child. Yes. And her as a child or something, and it's it's going to make me cry. It's going to be very sweet. But uh, it's by the same writer-director who did whose name is Escaping Me, who, do you have it? Uh, Celine Siama. Yeah, she did uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and so this is her follow-up, and I cannot wait to see it. So it's a small indie movie that could use your uh, dollars. So after you see Doctor Strange, or if Doctor Strange is sold out, uh, think about uh, Petite Mama. It's supposed to be very uh, good and uh, and sweet. So it's a great choice. Nice. I'm very excited for that. All right, that's it. Next week, we have... Uh, the Elite Eight and a Half. The whole thing. We're doing it all. And Good it's Lord. very exciting. We'll also be discussing Doctor Strange in the Disgusting. multiplex. In the multiplex of multiplex yeah. <laughs> madness. See? See? They did it. And now it'll always be there. The next three weeks are going to be hell. I'm coming for you, Kevin. <laughs> the next three weeks are going to be hell. I'm coming for you, Kevin, and asking for a job. Um, I'll do anything. That'll be... <laughs> That'll be next week. Uh, this has been What's in the Box Office. I have been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. And if you feel safe, go see a movie.